How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast that marries our two favorite pastimes, the Denver Broncos and beer. I am joined with my main man, John Cronenberg. Follow John on Twitter at John K NFL. I am the Dr. Nicholas Manning. You can follow me at DR underscore N Manning, or you can follow the wonderful podcast at orange and underscore. No, at orange underscore and underscore brew there we go you know what it's monday for everybody before we get into all of there is to get into how are you john i'm doing fantastic have to be honest that uh you know i love the nfl draft it's something that we work towards the entire year but it takes a lot out of me afterwards uh just because you're you know you're after the whole draft you know is done you're just looking immediately for the undrafted free agents uh but besides that you know it just it was a really nice relaxing weekend for me and i'm uh kind of excited for this week just to uh you know just it just feels like the weather's nice everything everything's going well so how about yourself what what have you been up to this weekend maybe yeah we talked about a little bit i uh learned to be trained outdoor trained so that i can be a leader in my son's cub scout den and ask me how or why i got roped into that i didn't do scouting when i was younger but you know what my son likes it so i gotta get his back so now we can go camping as an entire pack because um i am available and trained and so we have how a many camping kids trip. how many kids would you have would you have to oversee and would you be alone? That, that's my no. question. Yeah. So the, the part is you're not allowed to be alone with, okay. Um, with any kid ever, really. That's not your own. That makes so, sense. I mean, it's, it, it makes sense. A ton of that is, you know, Cub Scouts had like every, didn't get unchecked. Yeah. There was yeah. some weird stuff. They got sued. Um, Cause there's weirdos everywhere. You know, there's weirdo doctors, weirdo. Uh, Religious leaders, out there. like yeah, no matter what, people can take advantage of kids. They will, and so uh, um, smartly they have responded by making sure you can't just be alone with kids because you shouldn't be. No offense, there's no reason why I need to be alone with your kid. Yep. But so, uh, but I can go and help lead the whole pack as they um, as we go camping, and so if there's issues or things to do, I have a general knowledge of uh, what we need to plan for. How do we need to be prepared all that good stuff so i did miss coaching so i also coach my kids missed a couple of their games on saturdays all dubs so three wins oh man they they always seem to be doing well dubs and 
hitting mm-hmm. like you know for the day going three for three hitting a thousand on the bat what what yeah. is going on with these kids what is, um, what have you done uh steroids early you know oh like very young yeah you yeah. got to get start on the cream or oh whatever, yeah whatever whatever Barry Bonds is taking no you know what uh, we didn't have a, a great game uh the week before uh not as good last uh, Saturday before the Friday before that uh, the kind of sleet snowstorm kids were real aloof didn't want to pay attention to anything uh, so we learned a life lesson. You know, if you're not focused and uh, communicating, you're going to get beat by people that aren't as good as you and you learn something. So, you know what? Uh, life life lessons hit. I did get to coach my other kids, too, on Sunday, my younger kids. Uh, we did. We had a, we had a win and a loss. Uh, my son scored a goal in our loss, um, played a really good goalie. So uh, All you can sometimes, ask yeah, you know, what? in five year old soccer, some kids have or some parents have kids who like, that's their bag, you know, like soccer is their bag. Yeah. And so my kids are just, I mean, he's a good athlete. I mean, he has fun yeah. with it, but he's not kicking it top shelf. You know, he's not Pele. So, yeah. um, so overall it was good. I, I agree with you. The, the weather kicking up the last couple of days has been uh, wonderfully nice. Uh, so overall great. Uh, I missed a ton of the draft. So shout out to John for keeping me a, abreast of all of it as i was sitting there in 28 degree weather and um, knowing what's going on so kudos to, to john before we get into the draft because i know for the most part that's probably why anyone is listening to this right now is what are you going to talk about the draft which will uh, first we want to send our thoughts and condolences to former csu ram and denver bronco super bowl champion shaquille barrett outside linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tragically lost his two-year-old daughter, uh, Araya, which is one of my favorite names. Um, she used two, lost her in a drowning incident. So can't imagine how uh, how he's feeling, how his family is feeling. But uh, us at the Orange and Brew podcast wanted to send uh, everyone in his family uh, and friends just warm condolences and uh, and obviously to those of you who are parents, I think you can connect. And those of you that aren't, I think, you know, if you uh, at some point there has been a family connection and, uh, you know, how could uh, how could we not connect to something so tragic? So um, sending our sending our best, uh, which I know is not enough, uh, but definitely our thoughts are, are with the Barrett family. Uh, anything that you want to say for that, John? Yeah, it's just one of those things where I think it's it's very difficult for anyone to kind of talk about. It's just it's a tragedy all around, um, especially at such a young age with so much uh, ahead and what you know what could have been. It's it's difficult, especially for the family. And and again, like you said, uh, this is going to hurt people in Colorado because I know we we all care about him. Uh, we've all been supporting him since his day at, at CSU mm-hmm. um, all the way again, like you said, to the Broncos, helping him them win a championship, helping Tampa Bay win a championship. Um, he's an, he's a great guy and it, you really just feel for the family. So uh, again, my condolences go out. Well said, well said, but we will take a second before uh, moving on to the draft. So as we do, we're not going to have a beer time segment, time purposes, but I am going to have a drink. So one, again, if you've been following, I have uh, abstained from beer for a little bit. Uh, I am on a, essentially I'm on a, a eating plan. 
and uh, trying to stick with it, which, you know, down 10 pounds, feel pretty good. So I'm doing something. And like it, how much is your body percentage now? And it, it, body fat, is it, is it like 2%? No, that's not. I mean, I'm kidding <laughs> a little bit, but you're in good shape and you're, you're worried it. about your diet. I know. I yeah. Know. You know, it's, uh, it's not like, uh, um, or I'm trying to lose weight. You're just keeping yourself in shape and yep. keeping yeah, yourself well. Yeah, it's a ton of protein. So I'm I'm eating protein as much as possible, which helps me feel pretty full, actually. So yeah, protein and fiber a ton. Um, so I can stay full. So I'm not snacking when I don't really want to. Um, buying things that I can. So actually, just for a snack here, I had a Magic Spoon cereal Ooh. with almond milk. If you've ever had Magic Spoon, I have not. Freaking delicious. Four net carbs. It's like 15 grams of protein. It's not low calorie, but it's really good. Yeah. And it's it's better for you. And like I, I'll smash it. And um, you know, it might be like 330 calories of cereal that I'll be getting, but it's like 30 grams of protein and only like 10 carbs. Yeah, so that's like, not bad. That's not bad. It's really good. It's expensive, so it's not like you can go get it for three dollars. Um, so it's like four packs for you know, 20 something bucks, uh, almost 30 bucks, but it's delicious. So uh, it's kind of one of those where it's, if you know, you have to start spending, like that's where I'm putting my resources. So I'm not like buying yeah. stuff, I'm spending money on food. So I always have snacks and things like that are available. So for this instance, I'm going to be drinking wild basins. So they came out with some uh, new flavored hard seltzers. I think they're pretty delicious. So this one's raspberry lemonade. Uh, so it is five percent ABV, so pretty good uh, for twelve for twelve ounces. If you're if you're caring about your calorie stuff, so uh, 100 milligrams of sodium. Working out a lot, you do want salt in your diet, so make sure you're aware of kind of the the sodium pluses and minuses. So only four carbs, so not too bad, not too bad um, for the most part. Pretty good stuff, natural flavors, all those good things. So. Uh, again, this is brewed and canned brewed. I don't really know how you, but maybe it's brewed um, by Oscar Blues. So this Oscar Blues brand, uh, something that we've talked about. So I'm going to go ahead and pop this top and then we're going to get started on some draft reaction. Three, two, one. <laughs> there you go. I dig the can as well. You know what? It's That's, like... That one's good. Yeah. It's like nice little that does it, that it tastes pretty it tastes juicy. Like sometimes you get like seltzers that are just they just kind of taste like uh like seltzered alcohol, like it's bland taste, all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty good. If you ever get these cheat code, get some artificial uh flavor sugar or um like those what are they called? Like Splenda the, kind of thing? Yeah, well get Splenda or you get um one of those the like squeeze flavor packs. Um, oh, my, I, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Those are great too. Add a little flavor to that. It's good too. If you get like, that's know, a really smart idea to get any, you know, get yeah. it to your add taste. A little, add a little flavor. Uh, so now that we're going that, I'm going to go ahead and sip on that bad boy throughout. I'd recommend it. If you're a salsa drinker, it's pretty good. Pretty good. All right. So draft day one came and went. Um, pretty interesting stuff. I think we'll we'll do an overall draft reaction um, later this week when we uh, we have the the trifecta. But today we're gonna do kind of our immediate feedback. So no first round, second round picks originally. However, 
Sean Payton, you can tell whose stamp was on this draft as the Broncos were much more aggressive in moving up. Uh, they started with five picks, ended with five picks. Not all the picks they had, they took. Um, we'll talk about those here in a second. So first selection, Broncos jump back up into the second round uh, in a trade with the Indianapolis Colts. They draft wide receiver out of Oklahoma, 5'11", 183-pound speedster Marvin Mims. I did grab him in quite a few mocks, but not not necessarily someone I really thought that they were uh, that they were looking at. However, he did fit the bill in a speedster that I know that this team has been lacking for quite some time. What was your thoughts? Name comes down, pops up on the screen. Yeah, initially, uh, my thoughts were a little bit. Uh, I had a little bit of angst. Uh, I, I really wasn't feeling the pick. Uh, now, obviously, when I look back, things changed a little bit. Uh, but initially, I was not expecting a wide receiver. I know that you talked about it and JT spoke about it, how there needed to be another receiver added into this pipeline. And I think that's what the, you know, again, what was what what the goal was here um they have a lot of guys with one year left on their deal you know including someone like kj hamler who's always injured yet this is his final year um so he has to really you know and plus we don't know his health status um so there's a lot of wide receivers where you just again you don't know the status of them so this is someone you're bringing in who's young doesn't have the history of injuries that you know that we saw where we brought in kj hamler who had a similar type of uh skill set but again, uh, had those soft tissue injuries that were consistent before he even got into the pros. I think with Marvin Mims, you're getting someone very similar, but again, who can uh, who can be healthy. And again, I'm not seeing him. Do you see him as a, a returner? That's one thing I was wondering. I, I did. I was wondering was this partially a decision? It because he was a returner. Returner, and if that went into the equation, it kind of makes me not as happy. But if it was for just his wide receiver skills, I'd be very happy. Yeah, no, I don't think that that's why they drafted him. I think that could be a reason why you would put him back there. Because, in my opinion, at least watching one, he's explosive. So 4.3840, if I recall. Uh, I think he averaged Anything in, over When you get to the 4.3s. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're flying. But he, uh, he's a, a tremendous athlete. 39 and a half inch vertical. Uh, ten point or ten nine ten foot nine inch broad jump at five eleven. So he is his get off is fantastic. Uh, he will go up and get it. And uh, if he's even, he's leaving. You know that that old uh, mantra. So I I think he's purely a receiver, in my opinion. And I and I think if you're trading up for a guy like that, let's not do that thing twice where we take a guy for their receiver or their their. Uh, Returning traits. Yeah. I think we've we found that you can probably find quite a few of those. I'll talk about that here in uh, a few. Uh, I, my initial response was, oh, sh- KJ's gone. That's my initial I mean, response. That's what that was an, an initial essentially, thought as well. this is the guy that you hope he was. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe KJ gets right and now you got two. That'd be awesome. I mean, and you, you can never have enough talented players. My belief is he is here to provide what KJ was supposed to provide. Yeah. They have not had a top off the defense guy 
since, you know, since a, the heyday of Emmanuel and DT, right? Where you had someone that you really thought could run by you. Right. Um, and and not to say Jerry's not fast, um, that Cortland can't go get it deep tip, like not, nothing like that, but just a guy that you, that you are early in your back pedal on because you know that if he's even, he's leaving. And I, to me, so I you, think you, that you have spoke. to play off, which again, yep. he, he's a yep. solid route receiver route. He's a, uh, he's a good route. Well. Yeah. Uh, I, I was listening to our, our friends over at DNBR during their live one. Ryan Cronenberg brought up, um, that he had a nine, if I recall this exactly what he said, I haven't fact checked it. So blame RK if it's not right. A 99.9 rating against man coverage. So wow. essentially if it's one-on-one, it ain't one-on-one. It's one-on-none. He's, right. he's toasting you. They should have had a guy like that in a long time, uh, you know, and, and, and especially on a much more of a deep, uh, I think succinct routes, Jerry's going to win. Um, with multi-movement routes, which is, you know, you got to have guys that win in different Complimentary ways. football, though. This, Complimentary this is football, where 100%. You, yes. If, if you're building, you want you to build your receiving core like you have your starting five in basketball, right? You want guys that do different stuff or girls that do different stuff or people, you know, regardless of, of how we look at the world. You may or may not have that, and they just didn't have someone like Marvin Mims that, you can count on. I just don't think you can count on KJ Hamler to play. And so this one makes sense. It's a long-term investment too. You're going to lose at least one receiver, if not two out of those four next year. Um, so that to me is extremely impactful. So I like it. It's a, it, you know, it's paying a price, but what we have seen uh, is Sean Payton likes a guy. He's going to go get him. And usually when he likes a guy and he go gets them, they turn out real well. He's a he's a good yeah. early drafter, and George Payton is a good third. He knows to what he wants. Round guy. Yep, yep. He knows what he wants, and I think that there's a vision for how he's going to get used. Uh, so is, that's Brandon Cooks. That's um, Emmanuel Sanders. When when he went there for uh, for a year, Robert Meacham. Right there are those guys who he might only have, you know, maybe year one, year two, fifty grabs you know, 40 or 50 grabs as a wide receiver, two or three, but it's for 800 yards and six touchdowns because he's just, he's just blown by people. So when you look at it, um, it's a, you know, on face value, it's a really good, it's a, the way that I looked at this draft and here's how I put it in the caveat is if you just looked at the players, not associated with teams, so we're not focusing on need, all that good stuff. You just focus on the players. You're going to feel really, really good about it. Um, so I, I think I think that one will be interesting. One of the notes that I know you and hit on, you and I talked about kind of leading into, and I saw, you know, our, your note was Jerry Judy's fifth, uh, fifth year option got picked up. So you feel pretty good about these two guys over the next two years, my assumption being. Yeah. So then it's really Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton, right? Like which one is going to be that guy here in a little bit? Um, yeah. Who's, who's consistent. Who's going to be the, you know, again, uh, who's recovered basically best from their ACL injury essentially. Cause uh, do, do, did Sutton really lose a step and maybe he can't recover and gain, gain it at this point compared to Tim Patrick. Maybe he had a better recovery. I mean, you know, before an ACL tear was, 
your, your career is over. Obviously now it's, it's changed. We see players come back from it uh, within in a single season, even now, which is crazy. Um, but again, it, every person embodies different and an ACL injury can, can sometimes again, still make a player really go, go below where their, their potential was or where they were at before. Um, and I, I really want to see that from Sutton. I want to see that acceleration, the ability to get off the ball, create that separation. Um, and I and, and I want to see it from Tim Patrick, too. And then we'll know from there who you move on from, because uh, I think that that is down the road just is ha- is reality. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think that's an extremely fair assessment when we're looking at it. So were, were you happy with, you know, let, let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. $13 million only for his fifth year option for Jerry Judy. What were your thoughts on that price? I mean, just want your opinion first. Oh, I think it's a, for that price, for what you project him to be, I think it's a, no you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's uh, Juju Smith-Schuster money, right? Like, would you pay that for, you know, people are paying that for Juju. Yeah. Pay it for Jerry Judy. I agree. I think that for that price, it's hard to say no. I know there's been some guys who haven't been picked up with their their deal or their fifth year options, but uh, you know, I think Jerry Judy at thirteen million dollars is very fair for the Broncos on you know and and Jerry Judy. Yep. And uh, sorry, so the the trade or that second round pick was actually with Kansas City. My apologies. The next pick came. Uh, Came from Indianapolis. So the Broncos are back yes. at it again. Pick 67. Drew Sanders, linebacker, Arkansas or Arkansas. Um, it, it's Arkansas because um because Arkansas beat Kansas and the uh, oh, okay. I got you now. In, in the in the tournament. Yeah. So um so uh until they write that wrong, that wrong, uh it's not Kansas, it's and Saul, so <laughs> Arkansas, former five-star recruit, uh, started his his collegiate career at Alabama, and um, had played pretty well in in some minimal rotational efforts in 2020 and 2021. Um, but he uh, he wanted to be able to you know kind of go be go be the guy with Sam Pittman in Arkansas. So moved over as an off-ball linebacker, similar to how Baron Browning has been or was used initially in his first season. So an off-ball line or off-ball linebacker who was able to move out to the edge. Uh, last year he had nine sacks playing inside and being able to move outside. Really kind of tremendous frame, uh, really strong profile, good range, good length. Has a has a good array of uh, pass rush moves already. Um, fluid hips, good footwork. So I think he's a he is a guy that will come in and can contribute right away, which I think is really interesting. So uh, ton of energy, good uh, good motor. Some areas that he's going to need to improve. One, he's twenty one. So even though he is a he is a pretty stacked young man in terms of strength. I think if he wants to play outside more, he's probably going to have to add five or 10 more pounds um, to be able to hold up at the point of the attack. Uh, if you're really going to be moving him out there uh, at 240 pounds. So I think that that's one thing that he will, uh, uh, he'll need. 
really aggressive. Sometimes we'll overplay things where that's on the edge or inside. Uh, but overall, you know, there were some aspects of uh, or some, you know, mocks or evaluators that had him as a late one. Uh, definitely a, a, a prospect in round two. Fact that he landed to round three. Yeah, you know, last year he had 103 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks in the SEC. So um pretty good. Pretty yeah. good player in a really tough conference and uh and played well. So what are what your what were your, your initial thoughts when uh when I, it came across the ticker? My initial thoughts were don't do to him what happened to Justin Hollins. I'd like for him to get a initial position and stick with it. I, I don't want to play that game where, hey, I want you in this room. I want you in this room. I, we're going to go back and forth. I know Sean Payton loves to have weapons move around. We've seen that with running backs. They're probably working a little bit in the wide receiver rooms, things along that line. But I think with Sanders, uh, you want to give him a, a little bit of time to get comfortable with the NFL. Um, for me, and uh, again, one thing that you said that I really like, those fluid hips. So he's actually pretty good in coverage, I think, for mm-hmm. uh, an inside linebacker compared to what we're used to. So um, at inside linebacker, I think you have someone who you're building your pipeline for, uh, possibly someone to take over for Josie Jewell, and you have Alex Singleton uh, next to him. Uh, that that would be a nice combo. Uh, but if you do decide to move him to the edge, you know, I'd like that to be the full commitment. And then I think you're, you're really uh, kind of set on your edge almost in terms of depth. Um, and, uh, you know, so so I personally would rather have him on the inside, though. Uh, just my personal opinion. If you do move him around, you better just have it kind of be, hey, like what Browning did. Hey, just go get the passer. Use your ability. Go ahead and do it. Um, not so much of focusing on the the plays and the actual reads what he needs to do um mm-hmm. so that was my initial thought pretty much i love it love the player um as an inside linebacker and i think at 67 like you said uh, i thought him as a second round grade so i i think this is a successful pick nailed it <clears throat> I, at first i said because you and i talked about this so maybe this is the one area you don't need to go draft anyone uh you can bring someone back in later yeah um, so that initial that's... response was ah oh, man you know, I, I think that there was a, there were some other options of players that I think could have came in earlier and participated. However, um, you know, Tony Pauline, uh, you know, pretty well respected. You know, he 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 also is a borderline elite athlete for his size. I think anytime that you are a borderline athlete, like elite athlete, plus you produce. It's tough to not take that guy uh, in in the third round. So uh, I really I really like it. I think they committed to he's going to play inside and rush sometimes outside. You have two guys like that, like him and Baron. That's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, I think it gives you a good compliment to Josie and and Alex. I think that that's going to be pretty tremendous. Alex, we're not friends. Alex Singleton, Josie, because Josie will. Anyway, um, it does make me think that that's this is probably the last year we have Josie. So, uh, you know, you're not going to, unless he gets hurt or or fails to to really uh, 
reduce, but I also think he's probably going to see the field. A guy with elite traits. There was no other linebacker on their roster outside of Baron Browning, right? Who, at least inside, there's no other elite traits guys. Uh, Alex Singleton and and Josie Jewell are um, heady players. I think good athletes in short area space. Alex Singleton is a much better athlete um, moving away from the ball than Josie is. Josie wins uh, with intellect and short area quickness. Sanders is a guy that's going to win in a variety of ways. So I really, I, I like it for that aspect. Now, again, if you're looking BPA, I think it's a tremendous pick. If you're taking need out of it, you're adding need. Um, it's a, it's a tough one to be able to look at. However, I did hear something that I think is pretty fantastic is need adjusts all the time, right? What you needed this, what you think you need for this season won't be the same next year. And you and I talked about that in a previous podcast is the philosophy that they might draft for could be, you know, we're, we're planning on next year after, right? So salary cutting opportunities. So you look at uh, a high cost position like wide receiver. Now you have multiple guys who make a lot of money that will be expendable. That's pretty, um, that's pretty shrewd and smart financial move. Yep. You have two linebackers who are making $6 million or so. Now you, you have someone that can kind of squeeze that and help you reduce some, you know, some of the flaring there financially smart move. Uh, so in the end, I think the player is fantastic. I really will be interested to see how Vance Joseph uses him. It's not been known necessarily for his, uh, his, Fantastic. Let's just say it all uh Isaiah Simmons. Let's just you know yeah, leave it Isaiah at that. Simmons. Poor, poor Isaiah Simmons had yeah. so much going on. I think we all thought he could be a special linebacker, a special Saving, Saving special Collins a lot was, of, yeah. uh, was another one. Um it, to his credit though, I do think he was the reason why Hassan Reddick played outside. So um that was a smart move, yeah. So there's that. So I think that that is a um a, a good move in in that in that regard uh then surprise move another deal again oh you got some more hit me no no i was just i was just saying this was it was a surprise move i I was just you know signifying that (laughs) yeah yeah and then the the next move which i which i think was super interesting and uh and intriguing so the broncos moved up from their you know from the fourth round i think pick one 108. 108. I was going to say 109. Nice job. 108. I traded one of their next year's thirds and 108 to Seattle, freaking Seattle. And uh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, to, to pick 83 to select corner, uh, the great white height. Uh, uh, Riley Moss, who is 6'1, 193 pound senior corner out of Iowa. Despite only being a two two star recruit, uh, has come to to really contribute and be a pretty fantastic player at Iowa. Here is a guy who I think could be a contribute on on returning, not only special teams but returning. Here's why: so he posted four interceptions and three scores in uh, in I think 2021 or over his last two seasons: one punt return, one kick return, two pick sixes. So. He is a guy that I think can come and contribute. 
what is missed when we look at our bias when it comes to the corner position, because to be honest, there are not a lot of white players who have been successful at the NFL level at cornerback in quite some time. Yes. He is a phenomenal athlete. Four four five forty, one point four nine yard ten yard split, thirty nine inch vert, ten ten foot seven inch broad, six point six on the three cone. Which, if you get under seven, you're humming. As a as a corner, you're getting closer to six point five. Like my goodness gracious! So the kid is athletically gifted. In the Iowa defense, they do play a lot of zone. So it is a lot of bend, but don't break style because of, I think, two reasons. One, Iowa offense is terrible. You can't. Didn't they have a game that finished five to two or something along those lines? They did. They did pitch a uh, a fantastic outing and uh, and win on a safety and a field goal. Yep. So (laughs) uh, a really smart player who doesn't give up a ton doesn't really give you as much in terms of big plays. I know we talked about the the two pick sixes, um, but a lot of that is schematics, in my opinion, playing against teams, especially when you're playing against Ohio state and, and team in Michigan and teams like that. And your offense is hot garbage. Like you can't get beat. If, yeah. if you get beat for a 70 or a touchdown, the game's a wrap, right? Like it's over. You gotta, they got to nickel and dime you to death. Um, so I, I think that that is a that's something. So I think his work in in man schemes will need to improve. He just hasn't done it enough. I think that's something to uh, that he can really be improved on. So footwork um, recognition keys in man, I think, will be really important, especially in Vance Joseph. I know maybe they want to run uh, a little bit more variants of what they ran last year and under Vic, but you got to let. You have to let Vance be himself. So yeah, he's got a call what he feels comfortable with and situations that he feels most comfortable with. So that to me is really important. And his play strength isn't that great. I do think he gets beat up by, by guys that are bigger than him. Uh, but overall, someone who I think can – I think he will play early. Uh, I think he will play and um, and see the field soon. You know, is that as a fourth corner? Probably maybe that's a dime corner. Yeah. Um, but he's an outside guy. So he's not a guy that's going to come in and work the slot. In my opinion. Um, I don't think that he is. Um, I don't think he's a safety. I just don't think that that's in his. I know that a lot of people just assumed a, a lot of people yeah. just assumed he was a safety again, just for. No, I, yeah, I don't think that that would be a good place. He just, uh, he doesn't have that physicality. He's not, right. he's a good tackler. He's not a physical player. Uh, I think he's a much better corner. Um, his ball skills, when the ball's in there, he's he's really good at going up and get it. So I, I think that that is uh, um, something to be said. You know, maybe his communication helps out a ton in zone. Maybe that's where people could see him uh, as a safety. I just don't see it, and I wouldn't want to see it. I don't think that you move up for that guy for a safety, especially right. someone that isn't going to crack the field right now. So. Um, what are your, what were your thoughts? I, I'll give mine real quick. I, I think it was a good pick in the sense of, if you just look at where, uh, I think him in the mid third round was about where he should go based on, on production and physical traits. Um, 
you know, comes from a, a good program, gets good coaching, um, all that kind of stuff from all accounts, really, uh, really good teammate, coachable, um, give up an extra third, you know, that, that move will be a, a, a question, but like you said, before we start recording, he comes in and he's a contributing starting corner. Sweet. You know, third yeah. picks flail all the time. So, uh, in the end, we'll we'll see what it looks like. I know PFF guarded or, or graded him pretty well. I think in the eighties, uh, for the most part. So uh, overall, uh, overall a, a strong player. I think with a with a high floor. We'll see how high the ceiling is. Physical traits are there. So, um, but someone I think that you can count on him to be a, a solid rookie early. Uh, what's yeah. your take? I agree with you wholeheartedly, to be honest. Uh, this is someone where I feel like, you, like you said, it can be a special teams ace wherever you want to put them, however you decide to use them. That's up to to the, the special teams guys and, and what they think is best. Westoff obviously had some influence, I think, going in even here, just saying, that, you know, I, I believe I can get something out of this guy um, from special teams. Um, was a little bit disappointed with what it cost to get up there at first initially. Uh, losing that third round pick next year, um, obviously, you know, it, that's OK. It amounts to a pretty, pretty even tra- trade, uh, maybe a little bit more winning towards uh, the Broncos. But that fourth round pick at 108, man, it would have been nice to have that additional pick. But, you know, uh, looking at what they did later on again, you know, in the moment, I think each time I see these picks in the moment, I'm like, I really wanted to pick a 108. I really thought that was going to be where we took selected a center. So I thought we lost our opportunity for a center. So it, it it was kind of one of those emotional rides where I was thinking, okay, this means this means Cushionberry is 100% the starter. So I had different thoughts going on in my mind other than the mm-hmm. cornerback position, actually. Um, but I think this is, is a fantastic pick. And I, like you said, guy with the zone coverage ability knows what he's doing, going to be smart out there. I think he can be physical and I think this is a good pick and kind of for time, I'm just going to say, I agree. There's no more. There's nothing else to say. Yeah. All right. Well, I like it. I like it. Um, We are going to take a quick break here. Unless I were going to come back with the Broncos moves. And yes, there were moves. On day two, as well as just some thoughts and quick rundown of the UDFAs who John was on top of super quick and early. So we have a few faves in that list. We will come right back and go over that. So hang on tight. Don't go anywhere. And we are back for our second segment as I continue to have my wild, uh, my wild bays in here. That's good. Um, so we talked about the, the Broncos day two selections, Marvin Mims round two, pick 63, Drew Sanders round three, pick 67, Riley Moss corner round three, pick 83. So on day three, Pick from Detroit, pick 183, round six. JT's guy, 
Jay oh yeah, JT was on this very yeah, that early. That is, his uh, I think uh, it was in January. He was saying definitely he should be Bronco to Bronco. Essentially, Bronco man, Bronco. he was on top of it. Bronco to Bronco. JL Skinner, six four two zero nine safety out of Boise State. Um, arm length thirty two inches. Hand size uh, about eight and a quarter. It says here on the Pro Football Network. So tore his pec. Uh, and was not able to give much testing. So uh, no RAS score. Probably dropped him, what, three rounds at least? He's probably, yeah. uh, you know, maybe this in pro- the day, day two convo. Yeah, I think in the beginning of the process, he was definitely day two conversation. Yeah, so he, uh, immediate straight line, speed, speed was there. Uh, I think good hips for his size. He uh, he he does well in coverage. He had four interceptions last season, uh, and he's physical. You think sometimes gangly players aren't necessarily the ones that will bring uh, the wood, as uh, as I would have said back in the day. However, uh, this kid packs a punch, and he is uh, he is not he is not scared to to use it. Uh, someone that can come and contribute on special teams, I have no doubt, and someone that's played a ton. So uh, he's 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 seasoned. Uh, you know, the the Midwest, not Midwest, the Mountain West Conference uh, is a pretty good, you know, pretty good conference. There's NFL talent, whether it's Fresno, um, et cetera. So a guy that has played against practice against uh, NFL talent players. So not, you know, not a power five, but no slouch for sure. And Boise usually will play, you know, a, a pretty formidable opponent in the first couple games every year. I came down to Florida State, beat my Seminoles a couple of years ago. I bet he was on that roster and hurt my soul. Um, so uh, someone that I think really probably could have went earlier. He is a different player than what they have in their uh, in their repertoire right now, which I really like. Uh, really competitive and physical player who, in my opinion, you can uh, you can hopefully line up against some bigger tight ends and feel more confident. I know we've talked about that forever, uh, but someone that we can, uh, he is wiry. So um, you, you hope and think, you know, especially when his pec heals, he can work out and, and uh, put some more weight on, maybe get up to like 215, um, which would, I think, help fill out his frame. Um, not real. I, I think agile, so I think fluid for his size. Don't put him on the slot against a five ten receiver. It's not probably not going to go well. Um, and then you know he's an aggressive player, and I think at times he can get himself out of uh, out of position. But definitely one that uh, you know most places had him as a top fifty, top sixty, top seventy five prospect. So to get him when they got him, in my opinion, was a was a smart move. I think you got him at least a hundred picks earlier. You know, he probably would have went around where Riley Moss went. If he didn't get hurt, he's able to test, meet with teams, um, do workouts, all that good stuff. So uh, someone that come and contribute to a pretty, I think, you know, talented safety room, but one that, that lacks real vision. So now I think you have a real Baskin Robbins, choose your flavor kind of going on in there. What are your thoughts? Ticker pops up, says JL Skinner. And before JT sends the message out, like my guy, all that stuff. What did you think when you saw it before? Uh, I was, I was very elated to be honest. Uh, I thought this was a good move. I felt like a uh, 
a safety was a need just because, you know, PJ lock uh, is only has, you know, one year on his deal. I don't feel that Turner Yale is going to be that kind of guy where he's going to be making a real impact on at least uh, defense. He's the special teams kind of guy I see him as. So uh, for me, this fits in perfectly. And especially with Stearns having injuries, you know, related to his hips all uh, often and his legs. Um, I think this gives the Broncos a lot of different options on how to use these safeties. They can have three safeties going at one time with Simmons, uh, you know, and again, you decide Stern where Stearns goes, who's playing the Rover and who's playing the natural kind of safety. I think that brings a lot of intrigue to the defense, a lot of options for the defense. So that's something I'm very excited for. I, to me, this is just, uh, it's not even a luxury pick. It's just a pick that, that really bolsters your defense and allows you to do different things that you weren't able to do before due to limitations of the, the, the safety core. And again, you have to be prepared for Stearns. Uh, unfortunately, I think he has qualities and traits in him that I, I think even the, the Broncos said something very similar to be a consistent starter and a player, but there's always those injuries that have lingered around and uh, there's no Lauren Landau to blame this year. Yeah. Yes. Uh, big facts there. Big facts. So fire that I really like, and uh, I think he will come and contribute before moving on to the next pick. So the Broncos had an additional pick in the sixth round, which they had sent out the door. So they traded their sixth round, their second sixth round selection. Right. Um, four uh, to the Saints for pick 257, so in the seventh round, um, while also getting back pick 257. So they got pick 257 and uh, got back tight end. Oh, I, I was a little confused where you're going with <laughs> Adam Troutman. Uh, Former third round pick in 2020, out of Dayton. Um, out of when Dayton. he came out, yeah, when he came out, I I remember being very high on him. Uh, he's a big guy, if I remember. Is he is he in six, big, above six big, six? Yeah, big Raz guy. Yeah, um, big uh, Raz I, guy. So all I remember everyone being very high on his talent. Um, a lot of people were down on this trade because you know certain statistics. Oh, he has only this many receptions. Uh, you know that really wasn't. The, the Saints really weren't a team to be uh, hanging, you know, your hat on and, and, you know, expecting much of, you know, with their wide receivers in the, or excuse me, with their tight ends. And that just, you know, wasn't how he was used, uh, you know, with them. So uh, going back to Sean Payton, I think that's going to reinvigorate his career. And I think this is actually a very good trade. You get two for one, essentially. Um, and I, I think that the Broncos needed a tight end help. This, if this really bolsters the room. Um, and again, tight end was a need. Yep. Yeah. So I, I thought it was a good one. I thought you're you, like you said, you're able to get two for one relatively young guy. Uh, so again, third round pick, pick one Oh five, which I do think was the same pick Baron Browning was in 2021. If I recall, right. Uh, so back end of the third round, uh, has been a starter for new Orleans. I think the last two seasons last year was not used receiving much. So, um, if you've heard from Troutman since then, he's welcomed the trade. I do believe he even requested a run. Uh, he is a good inline blocker, but doesn't want to be an inline blocker necessarily. Just an inline blocker. Uh, so someone that can um, can contribute in all facets. So I think it's good. It was a good move. 
with that pick 257 in the seventh round, the Broncos finally address offensive line. Uh, center Alex Forsyth out of Oregon. So Forsyth has been, I do believe he was a redshirt senior. Uh, Intelligent center has a ton of uh, a, a ton of experience. I think was the starting played, center. In yeah, he's Justin played Herbert's offensive tackle. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that he's played up and down uh, a little bit. The the offensive line. He is a guy that uh, is tall. I think he's six five. Six uh, six. I even think six. But, you know, again, I don't mind my centers being tall. It's all about you know making sure that your your quarterback can find those certain alleys and, and find his way. That's, you know, that's how it should be. If a guy's tall and can, and can hold steady, I'd rather have a clean pocket. Yeah. In the end, you know, if for Russell Wilson, who's five ten, right. What's the difference in a guy that's six, four and six, six. I mean, when you're five ten, like it's not much. And if he still and has not, a high release point compared yeah, to, and yeah, you're not yeah. throwing. Yeah. And, and ideally you're probably not throwing it over him a ton. Anyway, you're trying to find lanes uh, so on NFL.com, they have him. What's that? Six four three oh three. Oh, that's it. Uh, Thirty-two three-quarter inch arms and ten and a half inch hands. So he's got some pretty good mitts. Um, but uh, not a ton of of testing. He didn't run uh, much, however. Uh, and then his broad and vert jump. They're okay. Uh, all Pac twelve performer last season. Uh, didn't allow any sacks in 384 class pass blocking snaps last season. 29 reps at um, at the bench press at 225, which is pretty good. Not going to lie. Uh, four-star recruit back in the day. Uh, overall has been um, has been with that program since 2017. So an older, a older prospect who, at minimum, raises the floor in the interior offensive line room but someone who also can and should uh, compete for the starting position as it's not settled, right? So they, uh, they have brought in uh, some competition at that position. So uh, with Kyle Fuller, not yeah. the Kyle Fuller, but the other Kyle Fuller, and then Alex Forsythe. So um, a, a player that I think can and should you know, make the team. And I think, you know, put himself in a position to, uh, to challenge that. So any final thoughts on, on the draft class before we move into the UDFAs? Yeah, real quick on Forsyth. I think he does have some issues, but I think one thing he's going to do better than Cushenberry be able to get to the second level. Uh, you know, I think he's, he's good enough for inside zone. Uh, maybe not as much for the, those uh, wide zone due to just some limited uh, athleticism. But again, I think he's a good pick. You're talking about finally having centers go and compete, like you said, fuller, Cushenberry, as well as Forsyth and Waddenberg, what for what it's worth. Um, but the Broncos did say it's an open competition, which I'm excited about. So whoever wins, wins. And again, you know, if it's Cushenberry, you hope for the best, and he earns a contract. You know, it's his contract year. He does well and goes 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 well for our uh, you know comp formula, maybe. Um, and then we'll we'll see what goes on next year. But that's uh, that's what I'm excited for. Yep, nailed it. Nailed it. Um, as we go to the UDFA, so quite a long list, to be honest. I'm not going to go over all of them now. I think no one's going to remember 95% of the names that we're going to go over. However, John, do you want to go over all of the names? 
I think we pick and choose some of our our favorite because going over all these names, <laughs> you know, I think you you've seen on on Twitter. Just go ahead on Twitter, and, and then we'll you can get us for those other ones. Nailed it <clears throat> because. John worked his butt off, so I would have relinquished the floor to him. However, uh, yeah, you can uh, you can go look up. So I'm going to go over a couple of my favorites. John's going to go a couple of his favorites. Uh, so my first favorite is running back Jaleel Mc- oh, sorry, McLaughlin out of Youngstown State in Ohio. A fantastic coaching production there. Uh, has produced some NFL talent, not necessarily a powerhouse, but uh, I think it is D2. Is it D2? D3? D2? D2. D2. Uh, <laughs> uh, but one cool thing that I found out that most of us did not know is he is the leading rusher in NCAA history. So 8,166 yards. You divide that by four. Average of 2,000 yards a season. Uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good player here. Uh, really quick, um, has a tremendous, uh, tremendous burst. I think someone that really can contribute day one. Here's also a guy that can impact as a returner. So he is a player that I think will really, I think, come in and provide what we thought maybe, you know, the Darren Sproles kind of player with what we have seen in Sean Payton's offenses before. Uh, maybe we were hoping what we would get with Deuce Vaughn. Um, if, uh, you know, that, that Darren Sproles comp or, uh, was it Tajay Spears? Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. Tulane running back. So, you know, you can kind of see how he could be the inside outside version. I think it's a guy that can come and do that. So, uh, you know, it, really fast to gain 10 pounds, still ran a four, four forty, um, at 10 pounds over his playing weight, I think at one ninety three or or something like that. So, uh, not someone that's going to be an every down player, but someone with experience that can run inside. So he's a player that I really like. I'm going to volley to you, John. Won't you give me a name of someone you really like? Yeah, I think uh, for for the, a safety position, uh, Devin, and he goes by the nickname Monster. So Devin Monster Matthews out of Indiana was someone who is uh, about 6'2", uh, about 215, really, really big guy. He's going to be a strong hitting uh, player in the safety, someone who can play in the box. I, I really do like what he brings. I think he's a special teams ace and someone who you can really trust upon with that. Again, what I'm seeing with a lot of trends here is a lot of these guys can be special teams contributors day one, and they, there's going to be competition there. Westoff is going to make sure that all the all your guys on this the your special teams units are going all out and there really are going to be the best of the best because there's just too much competition there. So I really like what he brings in terms of, uh, you know, special teams. I'll take one more and then I'll pass it over to you. Um, one, one name that interests me is uh, let's pull it up here. Chris Leach. He's out of Kent state. Uh, just really feel like, uh, you know, Chris Leach, he didn't have a lot of receptions or anything like that. It wasn't a kind of a crazy year, uh, but you know, he comes from Sean Lewis's, 
tree of, of kind of system, which is a, a fast offense. He's now the offensive coordinator at CU. So it's a very fast offense that he's going to be asked to block, do a lot of chips, set up a lot of screens is what he did. So I see him being very similar to kind of that Beck role. If, if someone can fill that out. Um, and I think that's where you look at, at Chris Leach to kind of uh, go ahead and be that next fullback kind of pipeline thinking ahead. And again, there's, it's nothing against his tight end ability. He can still block very well. He just didn't have the opportunity for receptions. But again, he's going to be in shape and he's going to be ready for rookie camp immediately. So uh, what's the next name that jumps off the, the page to you? Yeah, my guy. Uh, he wasn't one of my guys, but the guy that I'm really excited about uh, is Central Michigan. You know, go Chippewas. Uh, edge rusher Thomas Incum. He uh, had 11 and a half sacks last year. 13 quarterback hits, 12 tackles for loss. As a as a senior, 6'2", 262, so he's got some beef. Uh, arm length, 33 and a quarter arm, so uh, so I, I think pretty uh, uh, pretty stout there. Ran a 4'6", 640 at 262 pounds, and uh, broad jump almost 10 feet, not quite, almost 10 feet. Uh, so someone I think that can really develop as a pass rusher. Uh, the draft network actually had him as a third round grade and higher than Will McDonald out of Iowa State who went to New York. Um, so someone that I think can really contribute has a has a good array of pass rush moves uh, already, has good function uh, functional play strength, and definitely a good motor. He's going to have to get uh, stronger, I think, at that point of attack when it comes to just NFL. Uh, NFL caliber players uh, and then processing speed. The NFL is going to be a significant jump in, uh, in playing talent and speed. So he's going to have to be able to ratchet up uh, a little bit, but someone I think that comes in with a good floor of, of skills. And so I'm really excited to see, you know, maybe he is the next name of guys. I know we're all excited about Chris Allen, uh, but maybe this is a guy that can and uh, come contribute for, uh, for the Denver Broncos this year. As we wrap it up here, with just a couple of our names, feel free to go check out uh, the rest of the list. And we'll chat about it a little bit more as we have some more fun names for you uh, in our next pod. Any final thoughts, John, before we adjourn for the day? No, this was a, a fun draft. I'm very excited about the UDFAs. Uh, one person real quick. I know you're pushed against for time, but PJ Mustafair, uh, the Penn State uh, interior defensive lineman, very excited for what he can bring. His, he had a knee injury. I think if you go for uh, a redshirt year with him, similar to what you did with Chris Allen, I think that you could get someone very successful here, depending on next year, what you want to do with DJ Jones and Mike Purcell. So that's my quick thoughts there. Just had a great time. This was a, a fun podcast. It went by really quick, man. It, it yeah. really did. Yeah, it sure did. Well, I appreciate it. You're going to have to sell me on, on uh, PJ here when we, uh, when we come back next time. So Sounds we'll good. dig into that. I want some selling points. So we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And as always, be nice to one another and go Broncos. Go Broncos. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network with gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. 
walk the dogs, school drop-off, meetings from 10 to 3, take kids to soccer, then no time left for a jog. When everyone else is relying on you, it's easy to put your needs last. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist online, so you can show up for yourself the way you do for others. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com.